0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Monday, June 13th, and today we're talking Pirates baseball, as always, with our Pirates reporter, Adam Barry. Adam, thank you for the time. And Adam, you're joining us uh, actually from the Steel City right now, and i got to imagine it's a very uh, happy, hungover Pittsburgh after the Pittsburgh Penguins won their fourth Stanley Cup uh, in franchise history, uh, Sunday night defeating San Jose in six games, and uh, do you notice more of a of a happy vibe in Pittsburgh right now, Adam?
1: I actually went out last night. The Pirates played sort of that Sunday evening
0: game, uh, so I went out to kind of catch the end,
1: you know, the second or third period, and just the reaction going on around even around PNC Park. Obviously, the big watch party was downtown at the Consol Energy Center where the Penguins play, but just the reaction around uh, the North Shore when the you know when the, the clock hit zero was. It's really cool to be a part of. There's going to be a parade in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. The Pirates are going to be in New York, but I will not be in New York, so there's a small chance that you might find me on the streets of Pittsburgh uh, just to see what the uh, see what the sights are after the time and back the Stanley
0: Cup. I would say more than a small chance. Let's be honest here, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I might
0: get out there. I've never actually
1: been to one, uh, so I I've, think that'll be uh, pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I I went to the uh, the Red Sox parade in 2013. That was an experience I'll never forget. So for anybody that has the chance to go to a Championship parade, it is something I definitely recommend, and that's where Adam's going to be on Wednesday. Yeah, hi. Adam. Sorry, what's that? <laughs> say hi.
1: I said, yeah, say hi if you see me
0: out there. Absolutely. People of course. are listening. A man of the people, Adam Barry. Uh, so one parallel I'd like to draw between, uh, you know, the Penguins and the Pirates is that it's easy to forget now. The Penguins in mid-December were not even a playoff team. I mean, they mm-hmm. were a mess. They fired their coach. They weren't scoring. What's wrong with Sidney Crosby? Dominated all the discussion. A few months later, they're hoisting the Stanley Cup. Now the Pirates right now, they've lost uh, five straight games. They had a hideous week, not just in the win-loss column, but uh, travel-wise too. They had the Tuesday doubleheader. They wrapped up the series with the Mets on Wednesday night, then boarded a plane, went to Colorado, a hideous trip. They were in Denver less than 24 hours. They got their butts kicked by the Rockies. Jeff Locke, uh, 11 earned runs, I believe, a career worst. They come back. Resume their home stand against the Cardinals, and the Pirates really were not competitive in uh, any of the three games in that series. So just like the Penguins turned things around, Pittsburgh uh, fans hoping the Pirates eventually do the same thing. But, Adam, the question I want to pose is that, you know, you rarely hear players complain about the schedule or the travel because it usually falls on deaf ears. But internally at least, I got to feel there's some frustration by these guys about the week they just had.
1: Yeah, I mean, that one was especially tough, the Colorado trip, just because the Rockies were kind of in control of it. It wasn't necessarily a base, uh, Major League Baseball thing. The Rockies could reschedule that game whenever, and they chose right in the middle of this uh, Pirates homestand, and not on, not any homestand, but one with the Mets and Cardinals uh, in town and a game that stretched the Pirates playing, uh, having 31 scheduled game days in a row, which is, uh, you know, beyond what the collective bargaining agreement allows, it's Beyond what uh, anybody really should do, Clint Hurdle joked uh, after yesterday's game that it's, I think it's against the law to play anymore uh, days in a row. So they're enjoying uh, a very welcome off day right now on this Monday. But I mean, it, it's discontent. Obviously, you don't want to do it, but they had to. Uh, Clint Hurdle always tries to take that perspective of this isn't something we have to do; it's something we get to do. Uh, and it's you know it's hard to spread that when it, it is inconvenient. But I think they tried to make the best of it. It's just that they're also not playing very well right now, which made the whole thing seem worse. You know, it's it's one of those that if you come out on the other end and you've won five of seven or, you know, what have you, it's, you know, a neat story or something that you overcame. And in this case, it's just kind of compounded by the way they're playing lately.
0: Yeah, it just was the perfect uh, storm of, uh, you know, bad things going on for this team in that they, you know, they lose in Colorado. They come back on Friday. They're dead on their feet. And then to add, a, you know, injury to exhaustion, if you will, On Friday's game, we see not only Garrett Cole, but his battery mate Francisco Cervelli depart the game early due to injury. Uh, Cole in the third, I believe, due to a triceps uh, tightness. And Cervelli, Mm -hmm. I can't quite remember what his ailment was, but give us updates on those guys and how serious of uh, ailments are we talking here.
1: start with Cervelli because we do actually have a little more finality. Uh, Cervelli had surgery uh, this weekend to repair a fractured hemate bone in his left hand. It's one of those things that just happens on one swing. You know, he took a bad swing, uh, clearly came up trying to flex it and grip it, and uh, just fractured uh, the bone in the hand. It's something you see fairly often with hitters. You know, you'll see a couple guys go out with this uh, year. Giancarlo Stanton dealt with it. I think Pablo Sandoval has dealt with it in the past. Uh, So he's out for four to six weeks at the very least, uh, depending on how well he recovers from that. So the Pirates are left with uh, Chris Stewart and the newly acquired Eric Kratz behind the plate uh, while Cervelli is out recovering. Elias Diaz, there. The top AAA catching prospect is still recovering from his own injury, a right elbow surgery, and at this rate, it's looking like Cervelli might even beat him back. So a position where it seemed like they had a lot of depth, all of a sudden they're out uh, trying to get Eric Kratz as he started the series finale against the Cardinals on Sunday. So that's uh, not quite the worst-case scenario, but it's certainly not what you want uh, for the Pirates who are based so much around pitching and defense, especially behind the plate with framing and the blocking and the game-calling. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's a tough break. And Garrett Cole is still kind of up in the air right now as, as we speak. Uh, he's not on the disabled list. It's right triceps tightness is all we've heard. But the Pirates have basically said you can scratch his next start, which would be Thursday. The question becomes, is he going to miss more than one start? If he is, they're going to put him on the disabled list and most likely call up prospect Jameson Tyone to make his second major league start and potentially a lot more after that. Uh, depending on how long Cole is out. But if it's just going to be one start and Cole's back in a week or 10 days, they can you know, reconfigure the rotation uh, with today's off data to, to try to make that work. There's been no announcement, no real updates. Uh, Cole went through a lot of tests this weekend. I think their hope is probably just that it was tightness, something that sort of popped up on him and that it's not a strain or something more serious. Uh, should find out hopefully more by the time the team arrives in New York on um, Tuesday.
0: Well, terrible news, of course, for Francisco Cervelli. Uh, like you said, you know, the, you have depth at that position. All it takes is one swing to erase that depth. And Cervelli out for the foreseeable future. And uh, Garrett Cole, as you said, hopefully nothing too serious. And, Adam, that gives us a perfect segue into the next topic, which is uh, Jamison Tyone, who could be back with the club as of Thursday to fill in for the now-injured uh, Garrett Cole Uh, Tyone had his uh, big league debut, the long-awaited big league debut, uh, this past week against the Mets. Uh, Six innings, three runs. That is a quality start. The Pirates uh, did lose the game in extras, but seemed like Tyone received very positive reviews across the board. Uh, Give us your assessments of his performance.
1: Yeah, it was mostly just the poise, I think, and the the personality that impressed the Pirates so much. I mean, this is a guy who was number two overall draft pick in 2010, waited so long, got through – You know, two really long years of injuries and uh, worked his butt off uh, on the backfield to chain link, fence league down in Bradenton, uh, you know, away from eyes, away from the minor leagues even, uh, to get back. So, you know, probably a lot of nerves like you would expect from anybody, Um, and he really didn't show too many signs of him. He wasn't his sharpest. He's been so great down at AAA Indianapolis, and there wasn't quite that downhill playing on the fastball to get to the bottom of the zone. Uh, He got away with some pitches, didn't get a lot of swings and misses, but you could see the competitiveness, and you could see the, the poise and the makeup that the Pirates love so much about Tyone. And I think he even admitted it, just having the debut part of it, you know, this kind of long-anticipated, you know, uh, something the Pirates have been waiting for. It's a big moment for the organization. So having that behind him, I think is going to bode well for him, whether it's uh, Tuesday's start or whenever he gets called back up, because whenever that happens, the Pirates are hoping they don't have to send him back down.
0: Very true. They want him to stay in the big leagues uh, now and for the rest of his career as uh, Clint Hurdle made clear they don't want to send him back down to AAA, stay in Pittsburgh and uh, hopefully the reason he stays is not because Cole remains hurt but to join Cole healthy in that rotation. We'll see what the next few weeks bring of course. Adam, very interesting article you had about Andrew McCutcheon. His track record speaks for itself. He still is Andrew McCutcheon at the end of the day nonetheless as of this discussion. He's only hitting 241 this season, uh, 68 Ks in only 60 games, but it seems like he's made a very subtle, uh, under-the-radar change to his hitting mechanics, which seems to have made a difference, if you can elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of interesting before a game this weekend, myself and Travis Salchick from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review went up to McCutcheon just to check in on how his his thumb was doing, that injury that flared up um, in Miami on June 2nd, forced him to leave the game, first we'd ever heard of it, uh, it looked like, I, like I said, it looked like he had a golf ball stuck in between his thumb and forefinger. It was pretty severe swelling uh, that it had, he said had been bothering him for a little bit of time. So, you know, we asked, you know, what, how's it feeling? And he said it's a lot better. He showed us swelling it's down. And then, you know, what happened, what caused it, essentially? And he told us that he had been gripping the bat too tight, and it goes back all the way to spring training, uh, which is funny because I think we probably talked during spring training about this, Great spring that Andrew McCutchen's having. He's hitting all these home runs. He's back, you know, after kind of the slow start last year. But he even admitted, like, he knew something was wrong back then because he was hitting off-speed pitches. He was hitting sort of spring training home runs, you know, against lower competition or guys working on off-speed pitches or what have you. Um, but he knew that he wasn't getting the fastballs. Something was wrong. And he just figured it would kind of work itself out. He watched the video, and his swing looked good. He liked what he saw. The upper and lower half were connected. Everything was in place. Um, but then this injury pops up, the struggles continue throughout the first two months of the season, and he just couldn't make sense of this injury. Why was he getting jammed so bad? Why was his thumb taking the brunt of this impact? Uh, And he couldn't figure it out, but someone, and he wouldn't specify who, which I found a little interesting, um, was watching video, specifically watching his hands, to see how it was affecting uh, his swing or what was going on, what was wrong. And they noticed that he was gripping the bat differently than he had in the past, his, he essentially had like a vice grip on it, on the on the handle of the bat with his top hand, his right hand. And it was pretty clearly affecting him. His hand was in the wrong place. Uh, it's trying too hard. He said maybe putting a little too much pressure, a little too tense at the plate. Uh, so uh, he took that advice to mind and he's kind of loosened up a little bit. You can see already where it's putting less pressure on his thumb. Swelling's down for that reason. It doesn't kind of take that uh, impact the way that it has been. So The results haven't been there since he made that change, but I think it's good for him confidence-wise. It's good for him mentally. And I think eventually, as he said, once he does get rolling with this, uh, there's reason to believe that it probably won't stop anytime soon now that he's kind of back to being where he should be physically.
0: You hear hockey players all the time, more hockey talk, uh, say that they grip the sticks a little too tight when things aren't going well. Same Mm -hmm. thing happens to uh, baseball players, even when that player is named Andrew McCutcheon, gripping the bat a little too tightly. Hopefully this change will lead to his usual McCutcheon-esque production for the remainder of the 2016 season. Uh, Adam, to wrap up here, the MLB draft wrapped up over the weekend, and uh, many young men soon to embark on their journeys, which will hopefully culminate in them wearing Pirates uniforms one day. Give us your overall thoughts on the Pirates Hall for 2016.
1: It was really, really, really college heavy. Uh, They picked 41 players and 35 of them were from the college or junior college ranks, uh, which I've found interesting. The Pirates always preach this, you know, best player available kind of mentality when they're going through the draft. They don't look for one position or one type of player or somebody coming from a, a certain school or division or area, what have you. So this was just an overwhelming trend. And Neil Huntington, the general manager, made it pretty clear that this is just the way the Pirates have to operate under the current uh, the current draft rules with the CBA. It's, you know, it's harder to sign late round high school guys, which is something they used to do really well. They could Kind of open up the wallet a little bit and sign over-slot guys like Tyler Glasnow or uh, you know even Josh Bell, paying him more uh, than you would typically do. So it, it was interesting to see them go so heavily in that college direction because they got a few upside high schoolers, some pitchers for the most part in the early rounds. But then after that, it was just so college-heavy. So you might think, you know, they they don't have the same upside potential, you know, draft draftnik terms that. Uh, your typical high school players would, but they believed they had a decent mix of, uh, you know, safe, like high floor type guys, along with a couple of more interesting, projectable uh, high ceiling types, even though they were coming out of college, where usually you deal with more polished players. But for the most part, it was, you know, it was pitching and defense. They got a lot of arms. They got quite a few catchers, some infielders. Um, it was a really well-rounded mix, despite the fact that it was so heavily college-based.
0: Interesting draft for the Pirates, indeed, and a good place to wrap this one up. And a reminder to all the fans attending the Penguins' victory parade on Wednesday. Come for Sydney and the Cup. Stay to get Adam Berry's autograph. You will be signing autographs, right, Adam?
1: Somebody brings me a pen, sure. Perfect.
0: Adam Berry joining us uh, on the Pirates podcast this week. We'll do it again at this time next week. Adam, thank you, as always, for your time and your knowledge. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates.